Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, and welcome back to Tech People. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Alan Rich, CEO at Y Meadows. Alan has a wealth of experience in customer support and technology. Today, he will share his experience of starting up Y Meadows and what makes customer service unique to machine learning. This will also cover some of the challenges addressed. I'm really excited about this one as it covers CX and the latest in technology, which is something I'm very passionate about. So let's get on with the show. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great. Thank you. Listen, could you just give us some background about yourself, please? A bit about who you are and what your current role is? Sure. It's my pleasure. I'm uh, a software executive and software entrepreneur throughout my career. So I've had uh, Meadows actually third company in my uh, in my career. First one was in the legal billing space. We built an international software company that focused on large law firms and the uh, second company was called Chrome River. We built, again, enterprise expense reporting and built a uh, international organization. And two years ago, I started Y Meadows with uh, two of my sons, who are both software engineers. And yeah. Y Meadows is very much focused on um, technology for customer support. Well, very impressive. But tell us, what made you start Y Meadows? So I'm a big believer that if you have to have a really good reason to start a company, it has to be able to do something that you know wasn't being handled before that the market needs. And we saw two amazing technologies out there that were providing real value. One is natural language processing, which we'll talk about a little bit more, and the other is robotic process automation. Both of these are unbelievable technologies, but to implement them, big companies were spending literally millions of dollars with consultants. And we thought there's an opportunity to use these same technologies and take advantage of the things that big companies are doing, but to productize it, to bring it to you know regular organizations that could implement it quickly without large upfront costs. And, um, and that's what we've done at WineNetos. And why did you choose, you know, customer service over maybe another area or function? Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, beliefs that we have is that natural language processing is domain specific. Okay. In other words, to get the best results with natural language processing, you would do something different for, let's say, patent applications, or if you're doing, you know, pharmaceutical documents or looking at leases or legal documents. Each one is this kind of its own domain where the tools that you need to optimize the uh, NLP tech stack with are different. So we wanted to pick one particular market where we could excel and really kind of gain mastery of the domain. And we felt that customer support is one where the need was huge. We could deliver real value right away. 
and that uh, we had experience and knowledgeable and were knowledgeable in. Very interesting. So, so what, what was the challenge exactly that you're addressing then with that? Yep. So what we do is we take written communications coming to customer support departments. So it could be tickets coming into your ticketing system. It could be things from the website. It could be messages coming in by email. Could even be things coming from social media posts, direct messages. And we use our NLP mess technology to analyze those messages. Okay. I'm analyze and respond or is it kind of analyze and get the value out of the data or is it maybe both? So, yeah. So good question. So first thing we do when I say analyze the message, we do three things with a message. One is we determine what's called the intent. Like what is this message about? And second thing we do is we extract names and information from the message. In the NLP world, that's called entity extraction, names, purchase order numbers, dates, invoices, addresses, anything like that. And the third thing we do with the message is we determine the sentiment of the message. So we have a scale from zero to 100 that kind of says, is this message reflecting somebody who's very happy or very upset? And which we take those three things, the the intent, the entities, and the sentiment, and that determines what we call the journey that that message is going to go on. And the journey is the robotic automation part of our system, where each different journey can go on a, a different path, or each different message can go on a different path that determines how it's going to get handled. Cool. So it's kind of like how it's rooted, whether it goes to customer service or whether it goes to somebody yeah, exactly. In some of our customers, our job is just route the message to the right person. In other cases, it might be respond to the customer with a templated response and update the ticket and completely, you know, handle it. And the third thing that we see a lot of is can we go get information about this case and what we call enrich the ticket, enrich the case so that the agent, when they get to work on it, they don't have to do any lookup. They've We've gone to the CRM system. We've been in the accounting system. We brought all the background information that they need to make a decision. Okay. And you mean, does it work? Is a certain kind of types of industries or case studies where it works better than others, would you say? Or The beauty of natural language processing is that we can build models today at very rapidly for each individual company. Okay. So... Our system, you might say, comes out of the box understanding English, but it needs to then be trained on each company's individual categories. And that's what we do is, is step one in our process is help the customers train something that understands their business. Where we can provide the greatest value is obviously where there's lots of repetitive tasks and messages coming in that we can help resolve. So. It might be in a typical company that, you know, 10 or 12% of their messages are things that we can handle for them. And we might be able to take 100% of their messages and enrich them and direct them to make them more efficient. Is there certain things where it wouldn't, where you say, no, that wouldn't work well for, or you wouldn't recommend? Sure. And in companies where, you know, they really only have very sophisticated support. Each one requires a unique answer and analysis. 
maybe where their volumes are, or the number of messages are low, but the complexity is high. Those are uh, companies where we can provide perhaps less value. Okay. And is this something that kind of works so in connection with chatbots and other things, or is it kind of, is it what it be say, is it kind of in competition with that? Or I'd say two things. We can be an alternative to chatbots. Okay. I think sometimes people's experience with chatbots is just frustrating and they, you know, they're just, they just type in, you know, agent or something like that or in there and they don't really want to, you know, go back and forth with machines. So we can take the message and lots of times in a, in a, web form or an email, they'll provide a lot more information that we can respond to. Sometimes with companies, they can take when the chat kind of goes to the point where they say, hey, we can't really help that for you, but we'll have an agent get back to you. They'll take the whole transcript and put it into a ticket. And that's something that we can work with. All right. Okay. And, um, but is, is it, I suppose it sounds like it's more geared toward, is it high, would I be correct in saying is more geared toward high volume? Tickets request should have come in. Would that be correct or not? Yeah. I mean, we're looking for companies uh, sort of at the low end of the scale, probably do a couple hundred messages a day. So right. four or 5,000 messages a, a month. And then, then we can provide enough value to, you know, to make it worthwhile. But it's not unusual for our customers to be doing, you know, 30, 40,000 messages a month. And again, we can't solve all of them by any means, but we can definitely help between enriching, directing, and resolving some of the messages. Very cool. How about, um, you know, you mentioned there about integrations, putting all that data from other systems, setting it up. I mean, how big is it like an average time in order to get this all set up and in place? Or it obviously depends by customer, I guess. Yeah, well, the initial part, which is just sort of training the model and being able to determine the intent and the sentiment and things, that's something we can usually do very quickly. Usually, in, you know, we set up an integration with the, with the ticketing system and extract the information, train the model. I'd say that whole process in real world usually is a couple of weeks. If we want to do resolution and actually sort of resolving some of the cases and doing that, that's kind of can be a little bit more of a project and we do that together, you know, as a, in partnership with our customers. The cool thing about the way we've tried to structure our business is that we charge based on the transactions that we process. So you can kind of start small and build up over time. Okay. How about the integrations then, Adam? I mean, you know, cause you need to integrate obviously with the source systems of the company. You get right. How does that work? So we have a library of integrations that we've already built. So say your Zendesk and service right. clouds and, you know, Gmails and Outlooks, things like that. They're all pre-built integrations. You can just kind of drag them and drop them onto the screen. And then we have generic tools that can talk to REST APIs. And then we can, our tech team helps in integrations with, you know, kind of more sophisticated requirements that that you know might be specific to individual companies. So we've tried to build what you might call a low-code development environment where customers can quickly drag and drop things from a library, connect them together, and build workflows. Okay. And how about, I mean, is there, in general, in terms of maintaining it for the future, do you constantly need to be working at it, improving it? How does that work in general? 
Uh, well, we're in an exciting area of technology where natural language processing continues to improve and get better. And so we're constantly evolving the product. As an example, we're working right now in an area called topic discovery, where we can kind of watch new categories and topics coming into the support department and alert management when there's something going on. So those are you know, really using new techniques and natural language processing to be able to do that. And that's the fun part of our business, I think, is be able to deliver new functionality to the customers kind of on a continuous basis. Yeah, very cool. I like it. Tell us, Samir, how, how do you see this evolving for the future? Well, I think that natural language processing for customer service will continue to be sort of a unique area. Maybe I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to make sure that you handle a customer saying that there's a possible security issue. You want to make sure you never miss a message like that, even though the volume of those kind of messages are very small. So that's a good example of kind of how we tune our models uniquely for customer service, where we might have something that's called an unbalanced category, like a very small number of messages yet those messages are very important. So our ability to kind of work with the customer, tune the different categories, make sure we can adjust the sensitivity, those are the sorts of things that come up in the real world of customer support that you might not have if you're, you know, analyzing patent applications or something. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in the future to continue to optimize for customer service and to continue to get smarter and smarter. We're already supporting multiple languages, but I think we can continue to offer even more languages with deeper understanding of each of those languages. Is it difficult to add in new languages? So far, we've been really successful, at least in our world of adding uh, European languages. We've yet to tackle the uh, Asian languages, but that's definitely on our roadmap. Very, very cool. And um, so actually, just in general, in the customer journey for the future, how do you see technology playing in that role? Do you see technology, you know, replacing that customer agent? I don't think that the customer agent is a, you know, a, a job that's at risk by being replaced by robots. But I think that we'll look back and we'll say, well, it's obvious that, that our kind of software solutions should be assisting the agents, that the agents should be really focusing on either complex problems that require, you know, research on building relationships with customers and that the robotic automation tools like we build are really focused on assisting them. So I kind of visualize it like you might, uh, you know, you might look at the, the factory, which is the robots are making the people more, much more productive, but the, uh, you know, you still need the people to keep operating the whole uh, the whole plant. So I think we'll look back and say the kind of repetitive tasks that cause scaling challenges in companies that cause us to have to, you know, grow customer support departments in proportion, you know, proportionately with sales. Those are the kinds of things that we should be tackling now with automation. Brilliant, Alan. And how about you personally? I mean, is this, this is number three. Is it going to be Four, five, six. Yeah, we're we're having so much fun with this and really enjoying it that uh, I can't even imagine anything beyond it. Ah, fantastic. 
Listen, Alan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If people would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way? If you go to the whymeadows.com, the letter Y and the word meadows, whymeadows.com, that's a great way to uh, reach out to us. Fantastic. Thank you, Alan. Welcome. Welcome.